Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, good morning, folks. It's great to be with you this morning. As I was coming in today, the first words that greeted me as I came through the door were, Welcome home. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that this was home, but now I know, and it's great to be with you. And uh, it really does feel like home as I see many familiar faces and have the opportunity of worshiping with you this morning. The first thing that I want to do this morning is just thank you so much for your generous support of the work of uh, Ministry of Tear Fund Canada. You are partnering with us to help change and transform lives around the world. And so a huge thank you, Pastor Brent for, I know, leading the charge, and for those of you who are on the missions committee for really supporting and getting behind that work, and your generosity just sometimes is so astounding. You know, at Tear Fund Canada, there are so many things that we have been involved with in the last year, and of course, the most recent one for us is the uh, the earthquake and uh, really tsunami of trouble there in Turkey and Syria, and uh, we have been able to respond to more than 12,000 people living that ar- in area with uh, emergency food, shelter, clothing. And so a huge thank you to you for that support of that uh, mission initiative. It's ongoing. You know, and as we think about going into some of these disaster areas, we think about the effects as they continue. You know, these aren't just kind of the disaster happens, but there's all the ramifications of the ongoing effects after the disaster. And so as you continue to support efforts like this, you continue to support long-term disaster response. The other thing I know about this congregation is you are so generous to our work in Kenya. And, uh, you know, that work is just amazing in terms of what God is doing there. I had the privilege to be in Kenya in October of last year. And uh, I sat with this savings group. It was just so incredible to hear their story. In fact, it was kind of neat because um, as I was sitting in the group, I I hadn't really noticed that they were all wearing the same clothing. And at the end of the group, it was kind of one of those moments, let's take a group shot. And all of a sudden, everybody had the same clothing on. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) But it was kind of neat because this was their savings group outfit. They had kind of determined that they were going to wear the same clothing every time they met as a savings group. And as I was meeting with the savings group, the interesting thing about meeting with savings groups is every time you're with them, you hear a different story, a different story of how God has been working, what God has been doing. And so as I was sitting with this group, I said to them, I said, ladies, tell me a little bit about what God's been doing. And so they they were kind of sharing with me some stories. And then one lady put up her hand, and she says, one of the things that I've been able to do with the money that I've been able to take a loan from is I've been able to buy a solar panel. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then another lady, kind of a couple people down from her said, well, I've also been able to buy a solar panel. Well, that's kind of neat. And then I, I finally just said, how many of you ladies have been able to buy a solar panel? Every hand in the group went up. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And then one of the ladies in this group said to me, you might not necessarily understand the significance of all of us being able to buy a solar panel. I said, well, tell me. They said, the significance is it is no longer dark in our community at night. And so violence and rape has gone down because there's now light in our community. Isn't that neat? 
And isn't that just a small picture of what Jesus does when he comes into communities? He brings light. And so we were just so excited. I was just like, I got to take a picture of you ladies. And so that's where this picture comes from. And this is the reminder to me that this group is the light of their community in more ways than one. And so it's great to experience that together. Well, as you think about the last couple of years that we've gone through, don't you just kind of think like, did we really live through that? You know, and, and in many cases, as we think about the last couple of years that we've lived through, they have been challenging years. And maybe for many people, they've been struggling with this issue of hope. You know, where is the hope when all around us seems hopeless? We now have some new realities in our world. You know, we're very suspicious. Have you ever been at the grocery store lately and you hear somebody coughing in the other aisle? And you're like, I'm not going down that aisle, right? Uh, the new realities of what we're living with in our world, we're very suspicious of people. Even when I find myself out for a walk, sometimes I kind of like see somebody coming towards me and I'm like, whoop. I'm like, where does that come from? You know, where does that come from? It's just the new realities of what we're living with in our world. And for many people, and maybe for some of you even here this morning at Asbury Free Methodist Church, you're struggling with issues of hope and security and where your hope comes from this morning. The reality is we still live in very troubled times. We think about the economy. Big questions about is the recession coming? When is the recession coming? So many people are struggling with how to actually pay their monthly bills. We continue to think about the war in Ukraine, although it's not so much in the news anymore. But the war in Ukraine has affected so many places in our world, specifically the global south. The price of inflation in the global south is unbelievably primarily driven by the war in Ukraine. You know, sometimes here in Canada, we think about inflation being bad when it's 6, 7, 8%. Do you know that my friends in Ethiopia today are dealing with inflation over 100%? And so the price of grain, the price of flour, the price of cooking oil. So many people are no longer able to even purchase cooking oil because the price has been inflated so much. And so where is the hope? Where is the hope when all around us seems just so unreasonable? And then we think of some of the climate challenges that have been happening in our world. And, you know, we, we just kind of dealt with that a little bit of that ice storm there a few weeks ago here in this area. But really, when you think about some of the climate challenges around our world, they are devastating. And in the last couple of years, 300 million people in the global south have slipped back into extreme poverty. And so we continue to ask this question, where is the hope? Here's what I've noticed when we become hopeless. Fear creeps in. You ever notice that? When you're hopeless, fear creeps into your life. And so you become fearful of a lot of different things and a lot of different situations and circumstances and you're questioning everything and you're unsure of things and you're really kind of very fearful of a lot of different things in your world. And maybe even again, some of you are here this morning at Perth Free Methodist Church and you're fearful and you're uncertain. Here's the reality. God's vaccination to the virus of fear is hope. 
you believe that? God's vaccination to the virus of fear is hope. And so that's why I'm here this morning, and I, and I hope if you leave with nothing else, leave knowing that we are hopeful because of Jesus Christ. And we've just come through Easter, and Easter Sunday, and Pastor Brent's so glad to have a Sunday off this Sunday. <laughs> We have hope because of Resurrection Sunday. And so we can walk today as followers of Jesus Christ with our heads held high because we have this hope. Amen. Absolutely. You know, hope is kind of an interesting word. I think sometimes we just kind of toss it around, not really thinking about it. So we say things like, well... I hope my team wins the game, right? Or I hope we're going to have enough food on the table for supper because I didn't know they were coming, right? I hope Pastor Brent doesn't speak too long today because I got plans, right? And so we kind of throw that word hope around, maybe really not understanding the depth of what the word means. The dictionary defines hope as to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or to be true. And the dictionary definition is based on doubt and uncertainty. But biblical hope is knowing for a fact that the desired outcome will happen. It's not wishful thinking, but a confident expectation. Do you remember that old song that we used to sing? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. Wow. Here we are in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19. It's an interesting story. We have this rich young ruler and he comes to Jesus searching because his soul is restless. Perhaps he was searching for that one thing that could quench his restless soul. He's searching for that one thing that's going to make life easier. We know several things about this young man. We know, first of all, that he was well-educated. He had been trained up in the laws and religions from an early age, he knew all the things that he was supposed to know. We also know that he was very wealthy. We know that there were people that were catering for his every whim. There would have even been that day as he comes to Jesus, there probably would have been some servants in the background just kind of wondering what their master is going to want next. He lacked nothing physically. We know that he was living a good moral life. He had followed all of the laws and had lived up to that <clears throat> standard or expectation of him. But we also know in verse 16 that he's seeking assurances for his life. He's asking those deep, soul-searching questions that perhaps most of us here have asked before. We could even say at the end of this encounter that he lacked hope. And so because he lacks hope, he comes to Jesus. He comes to the teacher, the rabbi, the wise one. And he asks him this question that he figures only Jesus 
can answer. <clears throat> and in response to that one question, Jesus gives him the answer that he fears the most. Give up. Give up the security of your wealth. Give up the things you've been holding on to. Give up your treasures on earth to receive the treasure of heaven. Maybe some of you have had that struggle as well. And at this point, <clears throat> Jesus turns to his disciples. They've been on the periphery of this conversation. They've been listening in. And I can imagine that they are keenly attentive to what has been happening in this fascinating exchange. <clears throat> they observed all those trappings of wealth. They knew that this guy had everything. And the results of this exchange were fascinating. In fact, <clears throat> it tells us in verse 25, they're greatly astonished. They're, they're really not sure what's happening. In their minds, if anyone could have been saved, it was the rich. In their minds, culture dictated who had things and who didn't have things. At that time, that was what everybody thought. If you were rich, you were especially blessed by God. And so those with great hope would have surely have been those who had all their earthly needs taken care of. But Jesus goes on, and he begins to unpack. He unpacks what life will look like and when real hope will be reality. He unpacks it for them in verses 28 to 30. And he says, this is not only for rich young rulers or for fishermen who have left their boats, but for each and every one of us who have embraced Jesus Christ. The words of Jesus bring hope. Now, as he is unpacking it for the disciples and for those listening in, he does it in a rather strange way. <clears throat> in fact, for us, as we even heard the scripture read this morning, we probably missed it. Hmm. We probably missed it. But for those in the crowd that day, they did not miss it. He uses the words, verse 28, at the renewal of, of all things. What was Jesus saying? Jesus used the phrase in somewhat of a casual way. But to the crowd that day, to who these words were spoken, this would have been something that they understood. Jesus did not have to launch into a big explanation of this idea. Devoted Jews would have quickly been taken to passages of Scripture like Isaiah 51. The ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah 65. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be mentioned or remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard 
no more. The key word is renewal. It's an interesting word. In the Greek language, this word renewal is the word palingenesia. You will recognize the last half of that word, genesia, genesis, in the beginning. The first half of this word is the word palin. Palin means again. And so you have this idea of Genesis again. In the beginning, the perfect place, the Garden of Eden, that place again. And so renewal was thinking about Genesis again. And in the Greek way of thinking, this renewal took place cyclically. It took place every year, just making life a little bit better. But where is the hope in just making life a little bit better for those who are in despair? When Jesus sits on the throne, verse 28, there will be the renewal of all things. Jesus is saying that the philosophers got it wrong. This renewal is not the reset of a broken world. Kind of like those of you, you know, every now and then you have a problem with your computer, so what do you do? On, off. Right? You just kind of hope for the best, on, off. I hope it gets better. Jesus is saying that's not what this is. This is the renewal and rebirth of God's world one time, and that is our great hope that we can be sure of. For rich and poor, for those living in comfort and for those living in poverty, for those living in despair today, there is great and real hope. Those who have followed Jesus will have eternal life. How is this even possible? Jesus tells them, verse 26, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. See, what is faith? The writer of Hebrews puts it so clearly. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so we can think of words like these in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 5. Beautiful description of the new heaven and new earth. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Where is your hope today? Your hope is in the one who is going to make all things new for you and for me. In October of last year, just before I went to Kenya, I went to an area of southern Ethiopia called Berena. In Berena, it had not rained for over a thousand days. In fact, I lie. It had rained three days in a thousand days. <clears throat> and so I went to Berena to 
uh, helped to look at what our emergency response was going to look like in the region. I traveled with our partners out to several villages. We met people who were walking around in a daze. They were hopeless. They literally were living in despair. As we traveled down the road, we saw the first evidence of dead livestock. In that region, more than a million livestock had died. We stopped at our first village, went off to the side. The vultures were in the air. They were eating the, the dead carcasses. And it was one of those places where I can literally say to you this morning that the smell of death was in the air. Got back in the car, we went to our second village. As we were getting closer to our second village, we noticed off in the distance that there were a bunch of people kind of gathered in one area and they were digging a pit. And so I said to my partner, I said, what are they doing over there? And he said, well, I, I think they're digging a water capture pit because if there is rain that comes, they want to be able to capture that rain. We got out of the, the, the vehicle. We walked over to these people who were digging the pit. And then my partner leaned over to me and said, no, that's not a pit for water. That's a pit for all the dead animals. Can you just, for a second, just get a picture in your mind this scene that I'm trying to describe for you. Get a picture in your mind of the hopelessness, the despair, the smell of death in the air, dead animals, vultures, people walking around listless, nothing to do, no rain, no livestock, no water, no plants, nothing. And as we walk over to this group, my partner leans over to me and he says this, would you say a few words to these people? My goodness, what am I supposed to say? What would you say to people who are hopeless, in despair, have nothing? What would you say? And so I turned to my partner and I said, what do I say? I hope you do that as well, right? What do I say? To which he looks me in the eye and he says this to me. Tell them about the hope in Jesus. Tell them about the hope in Jesus. Friends, here's the reality of the world we live in. When everything else is taken away from us, when we lose our health, when we lose our wealth, when we have absolutely nothing, there is one thing that remains as followers of Jesus. What is that one thing? Hope. And that's why he said to me, tell them about the hope in Jesus Christ. And so I told them about the hope in Jesus Christ, and we went over and visited 91-year-old Dengue. He was living on his last bag, half a bag of Famex, uh, mealy meal. This is all he had left. Stepped into the, into the door of his hut, smelled when this was in the air. He was coughing. The light from this picture is actually just the light from my cell phone. Where's the hope for men like Dengue? The hope comes as we respond with the love of Jesus Christ. And so we responded in that area. We responded 
with emergency food. It's a nine-month emergency response. We're working with local churches in the area. We're responding as the hands and feet and the love and life of Jesus Christ. And here's dengue six weeks later. Isn't it incredible what God does as we become people who dispense hope into hopeless places? And so, as I said earlier, if you leave with nothing today, recognize that as followers of Jesus, when you have eternal life, you have real hope. You have all that you need for life in this world. God has given you hope. But my invitation to you as Asbury Free Methodist Church is that you would continue to join with us in being dispensers of that hope in some of the darkest places on earth. We like to think of ourselves as following Jesus to where the need is greatest. And we believe that as you partner with us in doing that, you're joining with us as being people that dispense hope. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunities to be in places that are in desperate need, but you just continue to work. Thank you for that. We want to continue to pray for places like Morena, Wow, it's still not raining. Bring rain to that parched land. Bring rain. It's like that in Kenya as well, Father. We know that. Bring rain. And we thank you that you can do that. Father, I want to pray for anybody here this morning at Asbury Free Methodist Church who's struggling with hope today. Maybe they kind of feel like everything else has been taken away. Remind them again this morning that as a follower of Jesus, we have this hope. Nothing can rob us of what you have done for us because the cross, because the message of Easter Sunday, we're walking in that hope today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page. Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.